0: Welcome back to J. Tom Lawler Arena at Merrimack. The score at the end of the first period is Merrimack 2, Mercyhurst nothing. I'm Mike Macnick with John Leahy. This first intermission is brought to you by Fuddruckers, an official partner of Merrimack Athletics. Make sure you stop in at Fuddruckers for a burger or a delicious salad before or after the next Warrior game. They're located right down the street from Merrimack at 550 Turnpike Street. And they also have locations in Reading and Salem, New Hampshire. Joining us here in the first intermission, Mark Malata He is the Director of Marketing and Associate Scout for NeutralZone.net. We'll talk about that. And also, uh, replay official assigned by Hockey East to work the games here at Merrimack. And we did see a replay mark in that first
1: period. Didn't take off a lot of time at all. Uh, what were they looking at? Yep, it was uh, it was a pretty quick one. But uh, basically, the referees wanted to double check that um, there was an opportunity that happened at the other end of the ice, and he wanted to at see the Merrimack in exactly. Right. And he, he wanted to double check to make sure that the puck um, didn't go in and it, it hit the crossbar and went out. So he reviewed it once, and he was all set. It only took about five ten seconds. You know, we were talking before the game, and you know, you were saying to me, you see it all the time. Of course, you know, things
0: have changed over the number of years that they have uh, first instituted replay, and then as I think they've continued to refine it, learned more about it, gotten more comfortable with it, and so on.
1: How have you seen the, the use of replay grow in college hockey? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, because when we first started, um, it was standard definition, so it was a little bit more difficult to be able to see exactly where the puck had crossed the line, and it was a little bit tougher to see, especially from the center ice camera, exactly what was going on, who was entering the zone when, and things like that. But as it went on, when we first started, there were a lot of referees who really weren't using it very often. I mean, I would see a review once every four or five games, give or take. But as it went on, and the more and more the, um, the referees got used to it, we would see one review a game, and that spiraled into two to three a game, and it became more and more of the case where a lot of referees would um, rely on the, the replay as opposed to ex- uh, making the call and saying that definitely was what happened. They would come back and take a look and say, I just want to make sure, just in case. How many cameras are there, Where and where are they? Yep, so there are three cameras. There is one that's positioned above the net on the left side, one that's positioned above the net on the right side. And then there's also a third one at center ice that pans from right to left. All of them are in HD and have the clock burned in so that in case there's any you know time expiring issues or things like that, that the referees can take a look and make sure that they know exactly when things happen. Where is the center ice camera? Is that the one that's part of the the home team in this case Merrimack Video Broadcast? So it's actually um, directly across the ice in between sections ten and eleven. Okay. So step. Exactly. So we have so we have a look at that feed, and it's actually the reverse of what you and I are looking at right now. So we basically take a look at Um, from each side. They don't really zoom in very often, but it's wide enough that we can catch absolutely everything that's going on in the zone at one time. Interesting. Uh, Mark Bellotta, our
0: guest here, also works with NeutralZone.net as Director of Marketing and Associate Scout there. And A number of interesting uh, developments, I suppose, on the scouting front. A number of, uh, you know, I guess, verbals
1: given over the the, uh, recent week or two. Uh, What can you tell us about that? Absolutely. So uh, Merrimack made a couple of commitments recently. Um, The first one that comes to mind is uh, a 2000 birth year named Jonathan Young, who plays for the Middlesex Islanders U16 team, which is, interestingly enough, based right here at uh, Merrimack College, and they play a number of their games in Tingsboro at Skate 3, uh, quick shout out to Skate 3, but um, <laughs> there were, um, so I actually got a chance to see Jonathan Young play a few days ago, and the best way to describe his game is that he's a, a big body, roughly about 6'2", 6'3", give or take big, burly kid, skates very, very well, moves very well given his size and his age, um, has a deceptive shot, which is pretty good as well. So a lot of things to refine and a lot to build on for Merrimack coming in in a few years as a verbal commit. And then um, the second one that happened just recently, a few days ago, is Evan Bell, um, who committed, who had previously played for the Little Caesars U-16 program. He's currently with uh, the Fargo Force of the USHL. He's a 97 here um, out of Michigan. And basically his, I have not seen him play largely because most of my scouting is done here in the New England area, and he plays in the Midwest, obviously. But a lot of the folks that I've talked to have labeled him as an elite-level skater, and someone who gets up and down the ice at a really good clip, a good transition player. Um, He's about six feet tall, give or take, and um, usually, from the teams that I've scouted of Little Caesars U-16, they play extremely physical hockey, so it wouldn't surprise me if Bell does the same thing. What have you seen with
0: regard to, let's say, some of the other Hockey East schools, Hockey East teams, uh, and how they're doing
1: recruiting-wise? Really good question. So I would say off the bat that so many of these commitments, you know, and the kids are getting younger and younger as the commitments are coming in verbally, but what I will say is given all those verbal commitments being equal, BU's recruiting really scares me because they have so many super, super skilled 99s, 2000s, 2001s. I mean, they are ramping up for what looks like a really special run provided that these verbals all work out for them. And um, B.C now is working to match firepower against firepower, at least that, that I've seen so far. And there are a number of other schools that are really starting to make uh, moves as well. UConn has done very, very well recently with their 98s, 99s, 2000s. They're really starting to pick it up. Their defensemen are more mobile. They have a lot of bigger players like your Tage Thompsons, your Max Lutonovs, are starting to come in and make a big difference. Um, Providence, I would say, is t- trending to be a lot more mobile. They're a very quick recruiting type team, so they recruit a lot of quick forwards and wingers. It's, it's it's a really interesting interesting thing to look at because these teams are all battling head to head against each other so there's a lot of every school looking at the same type of player and then i guess where does Merrimack fit into that mix it's you know Merrimack has done a lot more recently where they've picked up a lot of recruitments from local teams there've been a lot more local commits you'll notice that Ethan DeStefani is a really good example where he's you know i believe from Bedford New Hampshire if i don't if i recall correctly and um, Jonathan Young is from Pelham New Hampshire so these are all local commits that you know let's say 10, 15 years ago, Merrimack probably would not have minute, But now things are a little bit different. There's a new rink, there are new facilities here for the locker rooms and the weight training facility and things like that. So it has made it has definitely made a difference in terms of the players they bring bring. We may have some
0: folks uh, listening from Mercyhurst. Any word with regard to them and their recruiting? And, uh, and also, uh, you know, what do you see the impact being of the the increase to, to eighteen scholarships?
1: It seems like uh, you know that's only going to help and make the league stronger. Without without a doubt, Atlantic Hockey is growing stronger and stronger every year. And the commitments that they're getting are, you know, many, many years ago there would be people who would kind of either thumb their nose or there wouldn't be as much anticipation of Atlantic Hockey recruits. But now it's starting to get to the point where NHL draft picks and much, much bigger players and quicker players are starting to commit to Atlantic Hockey schools. It's not just that other conference. They are extremely competitive when it comes to recruiting battles. So this is not a case where, oh, my last option is Atlantic Hockey. This has become much more of a, this is becoming much more of a case where Atlanta Hockey is going into the lead in terms of going to get talented recruiting players as opposed to just finding out whoever else is left. All right, Mark, thanks
0: a lot. Great to see you as always. Uh, good work that you do. We appreciate it. Uh, keep us updated. We'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Mike. All right, Mark Belotta, our guest here in the first intermission. The score at the end of one is Merrimack 2 and Mercy nothing. We'll be back with more right after this on WMCK. This is Warrior Hockey.